1: The Other Side at Midnight. 77 w. Local Spotlight. There was a huge victory for New Yorkers coming out of the appellate division of the New York State Supreme Court yesterday. Some of you may have heard my borough president, Vito Fasella, on with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby last night talking about this and doing something of a victory lap. Well-deserved because he was really one of the leaders on this. And this is huge. Basically, in December of 2021, the city council passed a bill, passed a law, allowing non-citizens to vote in municipal elections. Obviously, this has taken on a whole new resonance given the sheer number of migrants that have come here since then. And it's really difficult to ascertain who is here legally and who is here not legally because of how you calculate and determine legal status. This decision by the appellate division, which upheld a ruling from a state Supreme Court justice on Staten Island to throw this law out, is Huge! This is a great day for New Yorkers and for anybody that believes in the New York State Constitution and the fact that you should have to be a citizen in order to vote. There is nothing more important than preserving the integrity of our election system. And in this day and age, the government should be working to create more trust in our elections, not less. The right to vote is a sacred right that is according to the New York state constitution reserved only for U S citizen citizens. And it's my hope that lawmakers stop pushing these unconstitutional and reckless measures that dilute the voices of American citizens. And let's not forget that a lot of these people that fought for the right to vote are people that are immigrants themselves Why should their vote be diluted for someone who's not even a citizen? I don't think it should. Beam me up. To be continued.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to Shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's Shopify.com slash system. The other side of midnight.
1: Local Spotlight. everyone this is the other side of midnight on 77 WABC. i'm superstar frank morano well i have a very poor track record in predicting elections i'm almost always wrong so no one should ever listen to me that being said i am going to go out on a limb here and make the prediction that one of the most competitive congressional elections in the country is going to take place out on long island this year because i think it's shaping up to be a very interesting race out on the east end of long island in a district that's currently represented by congressman nick lalota who's a republican john p Avlon, who in recent years has been known for being a cnn commentator he's married to margaret hoover who's herbert hoover's granddaughter and uh, he's written books he's also been the editor of the daily beast he's now a democrat he is very much a centrist who was one of the founders of the group No Labels. He announced that he's running for Congress to try to unseat Nick LaLoda. Now I know John Avalon a little bit and uh, I've interviewed him many times over the years and he has gotten a little crazy in terms of just being so anti-Trump he's practically foaming at the mouth. But I have to tell you John Avalon is a smart guy with a lot of common sense solutions on how to improve government. This man is an honest to God genuine moderate, which may make it difficult for him to win a Democratic primary in the first place. But he used to work for Rudy Giuliani. He was one of Rudy Giuliani's key speechwriters and one of the founders of No Labels. And I think it's a good thing that he's running. I think we need more people from the media, from backgrounds that include journalism, running for office. Too often, I see some of my colleagues in the media business not want to delve into the political arena for whatever reason. They want to continue their well-paid media career, and I give them credit for running and uh, making a go of this. I don't know who I would vote for if I lived in the district, but I'm glad he's running, and I think this is going to be a very competitive election Probably one of the most competitive in the country. Beam me up. To be continued. I see the other side of midnight Local spotlight. Do you remember Frank Carone? If you follow New York City politics, I'm betting you do. He was always a very well-connected, politically well-connected attorney coming out of the Brooklyn Democratic Party, very successful in private practice, in part using his political connections to make money. Nothing wrong with that. Well, I should say nothing illegal about that. A lot of lawyers in New York do that. And then he became Eric Adams' campaign manager shepherded Eric Adams' campaign back in 2021, and then when Adams was elected mayor, he appointed Frank Caron as his chief of staff, and he stayed with Adams for a year or two. Well, a firm run by Mayor Adams' former chief of staff, Frank Caron, became a city lobbying outfit just weeks after he and his relatives gave $15,000 to Adams' legal defense fund, evading the prohibition against lobbyists' donors. Donating this arrangement is alarming everybody, including the government watchdog group Reinvent Albany, while highlighting the murky ethics of contributing to a politician's attorney's fees. Politico New York has a very interesting article about this. Between November 30th and December 5th, Politico analyzed public records showing Frank Caron, who's also chairing Adam's 2025 re-election campaign, by the way, along with his wife Diana and his brother and his business partner, Anthony. They each made the maximum Contribution of $5,000 to Adams Legal Defense Fund. The next month, as was reported in the Daily News, several employees of Oak Tree Solutions registered as city lobbyists. Carone himself is registered to lobby only state officials. John Caney, executive director of Reinvent Albany, said it's unfortunately par for the course with the Adams campaign. It's routine practice for them to game the ethics and conflict of interest and campaign finance rules they've been doing this since before day one, Caron's firm has reported 13 lobbying retainers totaling $146,500 per month, per month, so far this year, according to state records. According to Caron, reported lobbying clients constitute a small portion of the firm's business. I think this is really wrong. Look, there are prohibitions on lobbyists donating and doing business with the city. The idea behind a temporary ban on you being able to go from chief of staff to the mayor on Monday to lobbyist on Tuesday is to avoid the appearance of impropriety, to avoid the appearance that you're using your governmental position to benefit yourself Financially, this is the same thing. They just are driving through this Mack truck sized loophole because they're doing it through the mayor's legal defense fund. I have a big problem with this, and even if you're a supporter of the mayor, you should too. Beam me up. To be continued. The other side of midnight. Local spotlight. What kills me about government at the federal level, at the state level, and even at the municipal level in some cases is repeatedly, it seems like the laws that our democratically elected representatives Just aren't followed and that bureaucrats get to decide willy nilly what laws they're going to enforce. And there's a really interesting story in the New Jersey Globe by David Wildstein that in New Jersey, they are they are doing exactly this. A law which was passed unanimously by the state legislature, unanimously, both parties, Democrat and Republican, and signed by Governor Phil Murphy, has effectively been upturned by a judiciary staff member who ordered municipal court judges to ignore it. Are you ready for this? Glenn A. Grant, the acting director of the administrative office of the courts, instructed judges to disregard a new statute permitting plea bargaining to allow for ignition interlock devices in minor drunk driving cases. Grant sent a memo last week to assignment judges and municipal court presiding judges saying that the old rules remain in effect. Quote, here's a quote from the letter. If a challenge to guideline four is raised in any municipal court case, please immediately bring that to my attention. The guideline... This is not part of the letter. The guideline prevents plea bargaining on DWI charges and other non-indictable offenses. This is nuts. This is a law that was unanimously passed and signed by the governor. And here you have a staffer who was not elected by anyone telling municipal judges to ignore the law and ignore this new guideline. Oh, no, no, no. If you don't like the law, if you don't feel it was prudent to make this change, then you ought to work to convince the legislature otherwise or vote for people who think otherwise or run yourself and make your case. But to just choose what laws you're going to follow, there's way too much of that going on. And now it's certainly going on in New Jersey. Beam me up. To be continued.